Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. But it's amazing how you ask somebody to take a deep breath when they're in front of you and instantly they're <gasps> And they're all up into the chest or up into the neck. Um, everybody assumes that while I'm breathing, therefore my diaphragm is working fully. And it turns out it isn't. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I talk to Be Activated practitioner Stephen Tomlinson. Perfect. Hello, I'm Steve Whiteley and welcome to Balancing Acts, a series of conversations with an array of creatives. We talk about their journey, the struggles they faced whilst progressing their career, strategies they use to unlock their creativity, how they balance their career with their personal lives, what impact this has had on their mental health, and lots more. Stephen has spent over 13 years training in a wide range of physical therapy, injury assessment, exercise rehabilitation, and sports performance improvement techniques. He's one of the very few people in the UK who is fully trained in the neuromuscular activation technique known as Be Activated. Stephen has used this technique extensively uh, on elite sports teams, professionals, and individuals to treat injury and revolutionize performance, both physically and mentally. Stephen is a former national medalist swimmer and single-figure handicap golfer, and he currently works with Olympians, Paralympians, PGA Tour golfers, world record holders, world champions, and me. I guess I kind of fall into the latter category. So yeah, so Stephen and I started working together because I, I mean, we're going to talk about this in um, in the conversation we have, but uh, I suffered from back injuries for quite a long time and having seen loads of different people, it'd be very stop and start in terms of the rehabilitation and, and feeling better for a few weeks at a time and then we'd go back into the same sort of patterns and it sort of was very disruptive in terms of me wanting to do different challenges you know i've talked about on the podcast before how i like to do triathlons and i've done tie boxing and, and all these different things which is partly because i like the challenge but it's also partly to do with my adhd brain which also ties into the work that Stephen does essentially it's about reconnecting ourselves with the breath and and breathing properly into our diaphragm and as a result of that we feel more grounded and we can kind of uncover cheat patterns that our body has created due to a lack of oxygen reaching certain parts of our bodies and um, yeah just using different muscles to make up for the lack of activation in, in certain other areas so on the back of a recommendation I started to see Stephen and then uh, that began the beginning of a very fascinating process 
which uh, which ultimately has cured my back injury. And um, I have to say, I, as a result, I feel more grounded. I think I mentioned in a previous episode about uh, my voice being lower, uh, slightly more baritone, uh, which uh, which uh, I'm not putting on for effect, clearly. But that aside, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult to describe, but we talk about it in this conversation. I wanted to bring Stephen on because I think what he's doing is fascinating and is and is is new and innovative and also is useful for anyone who is a performer of any sort whether you're a comedian an actor or even just you know or even working behind the camera you know anyone that suffers from anxiety and stress at various times in their life are able to apply Stephen's method to yeah get a sense of feeling more grounded and within your body so without further ado over to Stephen perfect So yeah, I I thought it was a good idea for us to to have a conversation because we've been working together Mm -hmm. um, and I came to you as sort of like this last port of call in in a sense that I've been having back issues for years, having done Thai boxing and boxing and all sorts of silly things. And um, I'd had, I think I'd had, yeah, I'd had a, a slip disc many years ago from an injury and then mm-hmm. I'd had a crack rib from Thai boxing, uh, and I think also something similar from from uh, football. And I'd always gone to physio, and it had worked temporarily. So I might have felt that the injury had healed for maybe a four to six week period or something like that. But as soon as then I got back into the sports and I went hard at, at it, it would reoccur. And you know, I tried Pilates, all sorts of things. I mean, I think partly uh, it might have been you know my issues and i mean this is something we can touch upon as well because it's connected due to my adhd like brain not yep. being consistent with you know some of the instructions that i've been told uh that i should do on a consistent basis but that aside i know you're sort of nodding your head maybe thinking well i don't know if you i agree with that but we'll obviously we'll get on to that <laughs> yep. but that that aside you came highly recommended on two fronts one as somebody that sort of is almost like I'm not going to guess to use the word sort of like healer because that sort of has sort of different connotations, but a healer of sorts that uh, has a track track record of, I guess, injury rehabilitation, uh, high high success rate, and also as a side effect, maybe helping people who have the likes of ADHD and other maybe symptoms such as anxiety, etc., due to the work that you do that's connected with the breath and the body. So yeah. I'll sh- I'll shut up now. And do you want to sort of sort of take take the lead from there in terms of explaining the work that you and I have done together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the the work that I do for anybody that that doesn't know is is neuromuscular activation. Um it's a cheesy commercial title if you like is is be activated. Um it's a completely holistic way of looking at the body but from a, a physical therapy point of view. So it incorporates a lot of different techniques from neurolymphatic reflex points to um, to fascia to soft tissue relief um, but also looking at uh, the way the mind affects the body and and the body affects the mind so it comes at it from both points of view um, it's something that is pretty new so uh, in the terms of physical therapy when you're looking at you know how many how many decades physio has been going or even acupuncture it's it's something that Doug discovered probably about 12 years ago um, and there is no specific focus of 
it works on a bad back, which is initially what you came to me for. Yeah. Um, or it works with anxiety. It works with a, you know, a, a sprained ankle. Mm. It's a way of looking at the body and helping you, the client, understand what happens, what is going on in their body and what happened to cause those issues in the first place. And then rather than, um, although modern medicine is incredible as looking at the bad back, the shoulder, the um, the anxiety, the stress, whatever the issue is, it, it's a fabulous plaster over the problem and, and can help repair the, as we'll discuss later, the, the cheat patterns. Um, but it never really looks at why the body did it in the first place. And it all stems from, from breathing. Um, and it's something that obviously when we met was not something you were doing entirely well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, fascinating because I've become so much more self-aware of my patterns of breathing since since working with you. But it was fascinating to me how hard I found it to follow those instructions. And we can talk more about it, obviously, in more detail, but to breathe deeply into the diaphragm and belly. Like, and you know, I, I noticed that I, was, I had a much more shallow, short breath. That was yeah. my natural shallow, short breath. And it yes. was actually a concerted effort to try and almost reconfigure and reprogram my breathing to to adopt the techniques that you've you, you've sort of explained. Yes, um, and I think one of the one of the big things is people that do uh, that do yoga or do mindfulness or um, spend a lot of time focusing on meditating or, or well, you know, I, I of course I breathe with my diaphragm. Well, the body is is designed to breathe with the diaphragm and into the belly and the, uh, the lateral collateral, your, your ribs and your apical, you know, up into the neck, they're accessory breathing structures, but it's amazing how you ask somebody to take a, a deep breath when they're in front of you and instantly they're, and they're all up into the chest or up into the neck. Um, everybody assumes that while well, I'm breathing, therefore my diaphragm is working fully. And it turns out it isn't. What causes people to take a, I guess if, if, if when we're born, uh, as babies, do we mm-hmm. naturally breathe into our belly or is, is it maybe due to a traumatic birth or some other kind of early experience? Does that immediately change the pattern of breathing? That, that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm somebody that had a, I had a traumatic birth. Um, I was breached. I was, uh, I had a number of other issues going on and I'm somebody that I now know didn't breathe fully into my, into my belly. Um, for anybody that's got kids, they'll know they have massive bellies. They're always breathing into it, but, but yeah, even, you know, I, I get the impression we normally start to, um, stop using the diaphragm as effectively about six or seven years old you've gone to school you have teachers and homework and sat at a desk and the, and the diaphragm stops and the belly breathing stops being as effective as it should be and we start breathing up into our chest um if you're breathing into your into your belly the body is a you know it's in your parasympathetic you're oh, i'm nice and relaxed but as soon as you start breathing up into the chest the body is in a is in a stress state it's in a fight flight or freeze and whether that is because of how you came into this world or, or your environment and what caused that to, to happen. Um, and it's something that people haven't learned, not necessarily to control, but they haven't learned to understand why it's happening. And in terms of the people that you work with, I know obviously you work with a whole range from GB mm-hmm. Olympic athletes to professional golfers, but you also work with performers. So I know you've worked with, with actors as well who have come to you with specific issues I'm interested to understand how has your techniques affected 
their approach to, to, to their craft and what have they noticed in terms of differences since working with you? Because the first thing that people are, are taught at acting school is, you know, breathe into the diaphragm. You know, it's a very yes. sort of, you know, very sort of uh, theatrical darling phrase, um, which has been sort of somewhat mocked since coming to existence. But obviously there's a reason behind it. What have you noticed or what's the feedback you've had from, from those types of people that have you, you've worked with? Well, it's the it's the same with um, with any of them, you know. From uh, from opera singer to uh, a, a load of actors, uh, student actors at, at Lambda, um, through to uh, you know to, to people on TV, it's when you drop the body into the parasympathetic breath, it just makes you more in tune with your own body. You're much calmer. You're much more in, to- in touch with the planet and your environment. So it's a lot of the time they're coming because of an issue, because of a back issue or because of a neck issue. And it's just such a surprise when the body, the body starts to function correctly, how it changes for them, whether it makes them more in touch with their emotions. Um, they're much, you know, that's somebody that will be much more nervous when they're going out on stage or, or behind a camera. All of a sudden they can just breathe into their belly and, and they're much calmer and mm-hmm. they come across much more, uh, much more powerful, if you like, when doing their craft. Interesting. So what what was it that led you to this approach? Because as, as you've touched upon, it's relatively new. It's It seems to be different from the traditional forms of physiotherapy. How did you come across it and what led you to want to study it? Well, I, I'd been doing uh, soft tissue work and working on the body for uh, probably nine years. And okay. I had a a neck issue and the therapist that therapist heal thyself was not was not working very well okay so i went and uh, i went to a, a physio just to have a look at my neck and they knew some of this work and they did some of it on me and i walked out of there feeling what what the hell just happened um really i, I need to know more about this yeah and the guy that discovered it uh he generally only comes to the uk once a year to run training courses in it and it was about six weeks after that that he was due to come to the uk and I got in touch. I, there'd been a cancellation on the course and I just, I had to be on that course. It had had such a profound effect in just a, a one hour session. Actually, I think it was a half hour session. Was it like one of those big life epiphany moments? Where you just, it was. It was like a calling it almost. Yeah. It, it was absolutely incredible. And for somebody who was, you know, I'd, I'd done sports to quite a high level. I believed I, I knew my body. Um, yeah. Of course I can breathe. I'm a, I was a swimmer. But it's amazing when you take that that deep first breath and you actually feel the change it has on the body. I I just had to know more about it. Yeah. Um, and the very next day when I finished the course, I stopped everything that I've been doing when I just started doing this work. It, it was that crazy and profound for me. Wow. And we talked about, um, I'll, I'll talk about from my personal experience as well, but you you mentioned that up to a certain point in your life that you had been suffering from anxiety or and, and panic attacks and that type of thing. Once you got into this work, was that the game changer for you in terms of the those those sort of elements subsiding? It was it was everything. Originally, one of the things I was intrigued about is I my traumatic birth. I, I was born with a heart condition. Okay. Um, I had uh, mitral regurgitation. Um, I had surgery as a as a five week old baby, um, so I was kind of screwed from the beginning. <laughs> but uh, in in the work that we do, that that then becomes somebody that has a cheat pattern running in their body, whether that's a a jaw or a shin or or 
even uh, adrenaline, which are the big causes for the stress, anxiety, uh, chronic fatigue, ME, all of those conditions. And everything literally started to change that next day. Um, you feel so much calmer because you can breathe into your belly. And it, it covered a lot of things. I was somebody that had struggled with migraines and I hadn't had a single migraine since that very first session. So it's, wow. it, it sounds, it, it's crazy. It absolutely crazy. But once you've, once you've had a session and you get to feel what's going on in your own body, you, you start to understand so much more and then you can, you can kind of look after yourself as well better. Yeah. I mean, I, I touched on before, you know, I was saying I was going to talk about my personal experiences, but once I started seeing you, I had the opposite where I had my first panic attack. <laughs> you did. And I came back and I was like, Stephen, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> this is supposed to sort me out. Um, yeah. But what you were saying to me is that because, you know, my body had been in a fight, fight or flight mode for so long, yeah. it was now starting to become, I guess, more connected. And so yeah. I might well have had panic attacks in the past. It's just I wasn't aware of them. Whereas yeah. now my body becoming more sensitive and I was more aware of what was going on. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, uh, you were technically with, if you're living in a fight, flight or free state, um, yeah. with the, uh, the ADHD, the, the low motor tone kids, the, the, everything that's running in the background of the body, it's amazing what you get used to. And as you start to drop out of that, some people can start to be more aware of, of the crazy things that are actually going on in their body, which is what, what I believe was, was happening to you. Yeah. You mentioned cheat patterns. Do you want to expand yes. upon that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the one of the big things, if you if you consider the diaphragm as the fuse box to the body, and yeah. then the, the wiring runs from that to the rest of the muscles in the body, it has two priorities. Our sole um, purpose in life is to survive. And yeah. the way the body does that is if you don't breathe, you die. You breathe with your diaphragm, you're supposed to breathe up into your uh, your lateral collateral, your ribs next, and then up, up apical when you're running a marathon or you really need to get some extra air in. But the movement side of the body, you know, if you can't run away from your saber-toothed tiger, if you can't run away from the threat, then you die. So the body is supposed to, is designed to function in a particular way, starting with your with your psoas muscle, your hip flexor to lift your leg to, to start running, and your glutes that around the back, you know, the reciprocal muscle. So when, you, when your leg hits the floor, you drive yourself forward using the glutes. If the diaphragm isn't working effectively, your psoas, your hip flexor, and your glutes aren't working effectively either. And then the body says, well, as with the breathing, we have accessory structures to help the diaphragm. It starts to bring other muscles into the body. Uh, it will. The first thing will be your, your quad around the front and your hamstring around the back. Then your shin, your tibialis anterior at the front and your calf around the back. And it will then come up to the arm or it'll come up to the jaw. So you'll see people lifting weights while they're, they're locking their jaw. Yeah. yeah. Just for chewing. I've, Why done, that? I've done that many a time. <laughs> and it's, but there are cheat patterns that, that, that then cause um, injuries. So if you're, if you're a quad driver, you're, you know, you're a zone two driver, your quad is doing all of the work for you. You get groin strains, inguinal hernias, sacroiliac joint issues around the back. You'll get ACL and, and MCL and meniscus tears in the knee. Um, if your shin's working too hard for you, you get shin splints, you get plantar fasciitis, you get medial arch issues, um, you get a, a Achilles heel problems, calf tears, um, ankle sprains, 
And then if it's coming up the body, up to your to your arms, you're looking at tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, all of the rotator cuff issues around the shoulder. And if you're a jaw driver, it's coming up into, you know, you're looking at, at neck problems and prolapse discs and um, up in the in the, the C-spine, up in your neck and migraines and, um, and tinnitus. There's a, there are a huge range of injuries that come depending on what the cheat pattern is running in the background in your body. What I found fascinating was you'd be working on one area of my body so i think you know you're working i remember the base of the skull mm-hmm. and prodding along and i was like oh okay so what's this for the neck then and then you're like no it's for the glutes and that's what i found fascinating in terms of figuring out these cheat patterns you're you're going to body parts that are connected to somewhere in a completely different area of the body to figure right. to figure out those weaknesses yeah, if you if you think the you know the the nervous system is uh, the human body is an absolutely incredible thing, um, and when you're looking at you know Dr. Chapman's neurolymphatic reflex points from I think about 1913, where he did a, a map of the body knowing where these points, are. but it also um, correlates with we need to free tight tissue somewhere because that's what's limiting the issue elsewhere. You know you're just your, your tennis elbow or your golfer's elbow has actually got nothing to do with the elbow. It's because your your lat your, your lat muscle on that side isn't working effectively, normally stemming from an issue with the opposite hip. So it's a completely new way of, of looking at the body. And it's, you know, it's what it is what Doug worked on for a number of years, looking at different Douglas therapies. Heed, he, Douglas Heed, this the is the, who, who founded this. Yeah, this is this Douglas Heel. He was Douglas a Hill, uh, yeah. it, it, his training is a physiotherapist. Um, and he's somebody that just got fed up with seeing the same person for the same issue, whether it's every week or every few months, you know, it, it, it helped the cheat pattern work more effectively, or it gave somebody light relief. And yes, of course, right. sometimes it works. And there are, there are incredible physios out there doing work. Um, but it's, a he just started to look at the body a completely different way. And he tried lots of different things and, you know, what, what, the work that we do, the activation work that we do, it, we work in a sequence. Um, you don't go straight to the the elbow or to the neck issue. Um, you need to give the body an alternative so it can start to relax those those issues wherever your injury is, which is why we start with the breathing. You start with the, the diaphragm, the psoas and the glutes. You give your body a foundation so that everything else can start to let go, which is what we did with you. So for people wondering what how this process works and thinking, okay, this... I'm not sure exactly what's going on. It sounds a bit vague. I, I felt I, I essentially felt like I was being prodded, right? So I was like, yes. a slab of me, I was being prodded. I think I said to you in one session, I was like, this this feeling is must be the closest feeling to what it's like being eaten alive by an animal because your 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 fingers are going to places that I've never really been touched before. And I and I mean that in a non-explicit way. You know, you, you're going to certain <laughs> certain ligaments and joints that I've never I've never sort of felt before. Mm-hmm. but they're right there you know we're talking about the sternum and and sort of just underneath the rib ca- rib cage yeah can you explain more about that that process how it works and also just for my own ego can you uh clarify whether other people were in as much agony as i was on the uh on the treatment table yes 100 percent. i can okay, the, okay great that makes me feel better because yeah yeah you, you did well i mean you, you okay. didn't you know we, we didn't need to hug at the end or anything you were all good it was fun <laughs> <laughs> so it's like um if you if you think that the body has has shut you down to help you to survive that's all it wants to do is survive so fine if and does that amount sorry it, sorry to interrupt does that no, that's okay would that um be 
relevant, say, for people who have suffered trauma? I know you talked about having a traumatic birth. Would that yeah. be relevant for people who had traumatic experiences throughout their life? So there might be specific moments where their body has shut down and as a result, these injuries can occur and arise. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be, do you know what? If somebody has, they don't have, you know, a memory or they don't have, oh, well, it, it started because of this. The more you start working with somebody, all of a sudden they're like, oh, God, yeah, I remember when, when my back first started hurting or I, oh, I had a car accident when I was when I was 12 years old. And, and all of a sudden things start coming back to people. Right. But the body, the body doesn't know what a, you know, what a computer is. It doesn't know what a uh, what a microphone is. It just wants to breathe and move. And if you're if the owner, your brain says, well, seems to be functioning quite well without a diaphragm working effectively or without your lap muscle working effectively. Let's just switch it off, shall we? Let's just make sure he doesn't use it again. And the body starts to stick tissue over the top of it and you get nutty, you know, when you get knots in muscles and it's all tight fascia and, and there's a lot of crazy things going on in the body. And you've seen me, I'm not using elbows. I'm not using knee or knees at all. It is generally one finger or a thumb. And when you start to wake things up, the body's put it in place for a, for a reason and it wants to fight. It wants to keep that in place. So it can cause mild discomfort while doing some of the techniques. Yes. Mild is putting it mildly. Yes. But I will say this, <laughs> uh, having had back pain for however many years, like I said, I think on and off for 15 years, it's my back pain is gone. And I said yeah. to you just before we started recording, I had my first uh, jujitsu class in about four months because, uh, you know, I think I, I think I had a bulge disc or something in the summer and I just completely stopped. And what yeah. would tend to happen before, whether I was doing that or other very strenuous exercise is that after I would feel it a little bit, but after in the next couple of days, the back would start playing up and I'd be yeah. in discomfort and that would be uh, accelerated when I'd be sitting down for hours at a time writing at my desk. Yeah. And um, one, that that pain has gone now, you know, after doing such sort of the likes of jujitsu, but two, also when I'm sitting down writing, I'm not, I'd always have to shuffle around and move uh, mm -hmm. positions, et cetera. And, and, and now that there doesn't, that doesn't seem to be there, which is um, fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. It's remarkable. It's almost feels like I never had it, you know? Well, you know, one, one of the interesting interesting things is you'll have somebody come in with with four or five different injuries right um you'll have a session with them they'll go away they'll come back the second session they'll say well well my arm still hurts how's, how's everything else well it's my arm i came to see you because my arm yeah. and it's amazing how they forget the four other things that they came in with because yeah. the body says well don't need it anymore and it just it, it's almost like it wipes it from the memory and when I'm, you start pointing things out they're going oh oh god yeah i did come in with that didn't i yeah I'm pretty sure I did that because I said about the You hip. did? Uh, yeah. And you said, yeah, but it was the back, wasn't it? I said, yeah, but all by my hip. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it's Ungrateful it's bastard. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's interesting you say about, about you know, sitting in front of the computer. And like, well, I, I get back pain because I sit all day. And, and yeah, absolutely, it can be because of that. But we also did a little bit of work on, on your visual field as well. So what you actually look at can make your body weak. So it could be that we do a muscle test where you're sat in front of your computer and it turns out that two and a half feet in front of your face, if you're looking at a point there, makes your body weak. I'm assuming you, you remember that session. You haven't I do. I, do. No, I, I know you, my, right now my, sort of, my face is one of, of confusion. The reason why <laughs> is that I still fully don't understand that can you explain in a bit more detail the process of how that works? And as a result, what 
an individual will gain once they've gone through doing doing this yeah well if you if you imagine that the body is everything in our environment affects on our body and that's whether what we touch the sport that we do the way we sit or even even what we look at or even what we think about yeah um you know you you remember the arm test where we do we get you to think about something positive yeah um and you're you're normally stronger than the baseline test but we get you to think about a stressful situation or or somebody so, so, that stresses you out so just to explain the arm test is where i put my arm out and then yep. you will tell me to look somewhere in the distance yeah so the the baseline test is arm out to the side can you keep your arm in the air it's just a you know a bit of a test is you know are, are you strong enough to hold your own arm up i'm not looking to break you it's just is there any load that, that you can take which you, you know you're a strong down. guy and i push it down towards the ground yeah yep. you know you're a strong guy it's, it's a very easy baseline test with you and then somebody can think about something positive or negative you can look into the distance you can look up close and what we're looking for are, are points of your focus in your visual fields that all of a sudden your arm drops to the ground you know you're, it makes your body weak mm-hmm. and not always excuse me but a lot of the time it will be linked to something that's going on in your life so if it's you know you look you look down towards the ground and you've got three young kids that really stress you out or it could be that it's looking at a computer or um, I get a bad back when I'm in the car and it turns out well when you look into the distance to see where you're you know where you're driving your car that you're your bad back kicks in yes of course it can be down to you know the fact you ran a marathon before you drove the car or it can be that your seat isn't right for you or there is a uh, an impinged nerve in your back that is that is exacerbated by sitting down but it's another way of looking at what what might be causing that in the first place Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, If you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. And what results have you seen, uh, let's say, a before and after of people that have come and seen you and you have seen perhaps where there are yeah, issues in their visual fields? How has that had an impact on their, on their life? Well, from, I mean, if you're looking at from a very basic sporting point of view, yeah. um, looking at, say, a golfer, you will have a, a left-hand dog leg or a right-hand dog leg, um, you know, where a hole bends to the left, bends to the right, or you'll have a hole where there's, you know, there's a pond in front of them or, or something like that. And they will always say, oh, I, I can't play left-hand dog legs or, yeah, I'm terrible over water. It shouldn't affect their golf at all as to how they are, they are playing a hole or how they're swinging the club. But it's amazing that when your eyes look at something that it, it stops the body functioning correctly. Yeah. So we've, we, you know, we've had somebody that uh, was terrible at short chips, really, really good golfer. I think, I think he's probably a three now, um, but stood on the side of a green doing chipping. He would, he would duff the ball across the green. He would really struggle with it, but somebody who's very, very good. And um, when he's under pressure in a tournament, it would get worse. So we sometimes do activation in, in situ. So he stood on the side of the, on the, of the green with a, a pitching wedge in his hand. And he's, and he's playing the shot and he's showing me what's going on. And we start the activation process. We literally run through the work that we've done on the table really quickly. And we're looking for something that switches that back off. 
And there's, I think I've got some videos on on Insta, on social media of a before and after of all of a sudden he's able to chip. He's able to breathe into his belly, fire his glutes to help him stand there and he can just play the shot. So it's about getting the body to function in whatever your scenario is, but help it do it more effectively. And are you finding with other athletes that you're working with, uh, it's having a positive impact on their overall performance? Yeah, I mean, with with everybody, everybody sees some sort of benefit in the work, and then it depends how how far they want to go with it. So whether it's whether it's golf, whether it's you know it's swimming, which is a tough sport in itself because you're not able to breathe freely and independently of movement. You're you're holding your breath underwater, and and you're controlled by whether your face is in the water or not. Um, to runners, to yeah, it, it really does have a positive effect on on everybody that this work is you know that that take the work seriously almost like and embrace it and make it part of their of their life, just like stretching or or, or working out. Yeah, because you now, once we do these sort of the sessions with you, which average on about six or so, you yes. then give give the tools for the likes of me to go away and do the work that we've done together on myself. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, it's not, you can't, if you're going for a physio and you can't really click your own back, not not very successfully, yeah. um, or give yourself ultrasound or whatever it is that you need. But the one of the great things about this is I, I don't want keep, to keep seeing somebody for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing a good job if that's the case. Um, you know, we, we teach people to do their own self-activations. So if they're having the bad day or they're having the stressful day or their anxiety is kicking in or, or whatever it is, they can sit down, they can do the self-activations, they can drop their body back into the parasympathetic and, and start looking after themselves. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, there are, there are athletes, uh, whatever their sport that I do work with continuously, because they're, they're loading their bodies very differently to, to just you or I, who's, you know, your, your standard day job where you're sat behind a desk. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are always more things we can do with somebody, but it's understanding, you know, the person came in for an issue, is that issue now not there? Great you can leave or what else you want to do do you want to see what else your body's capable of so it's um there's a real difference between where somebody wants to go with the work so let's say let's say so you and i we've done six sessions together let's say i turn around to you and say right Stephen, i want to become uh a pro mma fighter or i want to i don't, I don't know why you're smiling i mean <laughs> you don't think I'd be a pro. <laughs> I think it'd be quite good, actually. It'd be quite dangerous. <laughs> Let's say I want to be a pro MMA fighter, or I want to, uh, which I would like to do, do an Ironman. What would mm-hmm. be the next level then of of working together? What would you do to yeah elevate what you've already done with those initial six sessions? What would be the next stage of that to to take the body to the next level in terms of performance and durability? We would we would start with uh, I suppose with basic movements. You know, one of the things you'll see people in their gym and they're, they're lifting their arm weights and they're they're doing they're using all of their cheat patterns to do their work. Yeah. So we can we would assess you on you know just on the table at first or in a or in a bungee okay. to see how you how you do a bridge, how your body actually functions. You know, do you lock your jaw when you're just doing a very basic squat without any weight? Yeah. And we look at kind of sequencing your body so that you're able to breathe, you're able to, to squat and, and do everything the way the body was originally designed to. Okay. Um, we're then able to train the body up just, just with basic movements. You know, you don't need weights, whether we're looking at uh, lunges or press-ups or, or sidearm, you know, sidearm raises. It's just anything to get your body sequencing much, much, much better. Okay. Um, we would then look at how, how you run. 
well, you know, I really struggle to breathe when I'm running. Okay, well then why don't we get you on a treadmill and we'll activate you while you're actually running. We'll, we'll see what the issue is, where the, the limitations are in the sport that you do um, and switch the body onto that. And then it's just like being trained. You know, if you're, if you're training under a coach, we just get involved as part of that process. And as this is a relatively new approach to uh, injury re- rehabilitation, yeah. has, have you been met with cynicism? You know, because you're now working with a lot of professional athletes and they've got their own teams, physios and, mm-hmm. and so forth. Was there any initial wall of resistance when you had conversation with these guys? Say, look, I think I can really help you out here. I've been very, very lucky in the way that I've that I've done the work where I've worked with um, with everyday people first. Um, it's all of a sudden it's really it's really unique because a lot of the people that I see, I'd say 90 percent of the people that I see have come from a, a referral. Somebody has yeah. said, oh, you need to go and see this guy because I saw him because of this. Yeah. Um, Which is what just, happened with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's you know, it, it's the great way of, of business. Yeah. Well, um, it is. And, you know, when, when talking to some people, I've, I've absolutely had that. Oh, I don't think that's quite for me. Okay, great. That's absolutely fine. If you've got, if what you've got is working for you, go for it because you, you know, I'm just trying to help somebody to get as good as they can be. If they feel they're already as good as they can be, then I'd just be wasting our time. Yeah. Um, but it's the people that are open to something. And, you know, as you learn with, with the arm test, um, mm-hmm. It's something you can show somebody very, very quickly what might not be working as well for their body as as they believed. Because if they didn't know there was something wrong with it, you know, one of the great lines we use is you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. If all of a sudden you, well, I'm, I'm strongest when I'm, I'm locking my stomach muscles and I'm braced and then all of a sudden we can push them over like a feather. Yeah. Like, oh my God, how the hell does that work? And it's just about opening a conversation and showing somebody what they're not aware of. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there was moments when we were doing the uh, that was the, the visual field exercise. You know, I'd just be like cracking up, laughing because it's just yeah. like this is so bizarre. This yeah. is bizarre. I was like, he's clearly cheating. He, he's not pushing as hard the the second time. That's what it is. It's it's got nothing to do with this being a unique uh, treatment. But, yeah, um, and, it, and it feels like that, doesn't it? And that's you know, what it feels I like. I yeah, first, it does. It does. It, when I first had it done to me, I, I had a. Um, a lady physio, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm six foot four. I'm, I was, you know, late thirties, early forties when I was first, I was first treated. And there's a, a lady who's, um, the politest way to put it, a lady who's been a physio for a long time, um, asking me to, to lock my stomach muscles while she tries to, to turn me. And I'm thinking, my God, she's going to, she's going to pop a hip while she's doing this. And all of a sudden I'm spinning around the room and thinking, how the, what, what the hell is going on here? Mm. And it, it's just amazing how when somebody points out a weakness to you, you think, no, no, they can't be that. It's, it's not right. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's a trick. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's fascinating. What impact then is it, did it have on your, I guess, personal life and, and mental health? I know you touched, touched upon, you know, previously having panic attacks and, and anxiety. Can you look back at your life as a before and after? I don't mean professionally, but mm-hmm once you encountered this whole way of being or also be being activated shall we say yeah Yeah. can you look back at it and say right yeah i can clearly see it before and after in terms of your your mode of being 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of, one of the biggest things, I'm somebody that, I, I now understand why it happened, but I'm somebody that, that struggled with migraines um, and not, oh yeah, you've, you've got a bad headache. I mean, I would get, I would get numbness through my body. I, was, uh, I would get vomiting. I would get dizziness. It's something that, that I lived with and I was known for having horrific migraines in my street as a kid growing up. Wow. Um, and it's after my, the very first session that I had, where actually when I, when I went on the, the training course six weeks after my first session, after that date, I haven't had a single migraine since. You know, the, the heart condition that I had as a baby, it's, it's something that, yes, it's absolutely, it's not curable. We don't cure people's hearts, but it's, it's something where the diaphragm has a direct a, a fascia and a, a nerve connection to the heart. And if the diaphragm isn't working, it puts extra load around the heart. It, you know, it, it kind of squeezes it. Um, and the issue that I had is one of my valves wouldn't close properly. And having it's something I got checked. I, I get checked every single year with a cardiologist. Um, they keep an eye on it. And when the, the gap in the valve, it, if you treat it like a, I don't know, barn doors that don't close properly in the middle, mm. once that gap is too big, then you look at a, a valve replacement. You know, it's something Arnold Schwarzenegger's had um, or Roger Black has had. But uh, but after the treatments, I then went in for my for my scan the next year and the consultant kind of, oh, sorry, I've got the wrong person's details. And he, and he kind of left the room and then came back. He went, no, these are your details. He said, it, it's changed. He said, the gap has massively reduced. It's almost back to normal. What what the hell? And then we had this lovely long conversation about what I'd been doing. Um, and unfortunately, COVID kicked in because I, I was going to be going in and showing him exactly exactly what we do to help mm. him understand because it, it might help other people yeah so for me and i think i think if you go and have a treatment and it doesn't really change what your life then it, it's not really for you and say oh well yeah. yeah i had it but it didn't really didn't really help me yeah but because i had such an incredible effect from the treatment it, it gives me so much confidence to to do this and and to cause people you know mild discomfort and the odd leaky eye because i know how it works yeah i mean that's me. that's really what's down to isn't it you, the enjoy, enjoyment you get out of giving people uh mild discomfort it is. I mean, people say that maybe I should look at, at Hitman or, or Torturer or something. <laughs> but it's um, but it, that's it, a true it calling. Is, it's great fun. It is. It really is. I, I enjoy hurting people. I can't. I can't deny. It's funny because uh, after each session, you know, my girlfriend's sort of touch base, and she's been like, you know, she'll message me and how was it? And I was like, amazing, but so painful. I think <laughs> the, the more painful it got, the better it got. <laughs> yeah and the number of people that you know that lying on the bed with with my thumb buried deep into their soul and and they're like why <laughs> why the hell am i paying you for this you know i it hurts so much and you know, i'm still coming back what are, yeah. why are you tricking me like this? i genuinely <laughs> asked myself that a few times i was like what what madness is this everybody's into snm they just didn't know yeah hey clearly you brought something out of me um so outside of of you know be activated what do you do to uh to unwind i know you're a keen golfer mm -hmm. uh is, is there anything else that you do to, to unwind or find a sense of balance in your life yeah i mean i i spend a lot of time outside uh, as much as i can i mean we my wife and i are always going for for country walks um you know six seven eight nine miles um two or three times a week just just right. to get out um it's good for you it's healthy you know it's being it's been amongst the trees um so for me it's it's escaping everything you know i'm i'm a i'm a bit of a luddite when it comes to technology um so i would 
I'm, I'm a pen and paper guy. I would much rather, much rather do that. And, and, you know, cycling as well. We're very lucky living in, in Hampshire and living in the countryside is being able to get out and, and enjoy that. So for me, that that's, yeah, that's massive being able to do that. Yeah. And do you find that because you're so passionate about your work, are you sort of compelled to want to work as much as possible because you've, you've stumbled across this thing, you know, like, you know, this is, this is a game changer and it can help so many people. How, how does that work in terms of the push and pull with, with all just wanting to get that message out there? Oh uh, yeah. I'm an absolute nightmare. I'm, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes right. to it. You know, I, I, I speak to somebody about it. We were, we were in a shop yesterday talking to somebody and, and, you know, she's, she's walking with a little bit of a limp and I'm like, don't do it. Just, just, stop talking about it. Just you're in a shop, switch off. And it's one of those things where I, I guess every therapist has it. You, you want to help people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about what I do and, and do what I do every hour of the day. It's, it's so awesome. It's not something I ever, I ever get bored of, you know, I'll, I'll quite happily treat anybody. And yes, I, you have to switch off. You have to force yourself to, to put the work down and, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's research, whether it's, it's practicing, you know, a, a huge number of different things to try and get better at what I do. So yes, I, I am terrible or can be terrible at that and having to force myself to, to put work down. Were you like that prior to discovering Be Activated when you were working as a, as a physio, were you as passionate about the work then as you are now? Well, I've, I've, I've was it clear that I, I wasn't a physio, not, okay. not trained as a physio at all, right. as, as a okay. soft tissue therapist? But yeah, okay. everything I've always done, I you know that would be my downfall. Is I would want to be as at everything I do, I'd want to be as good you know, as possible, as as good as possible at it. You know, it's yeah. um, like the obsessive that obsessive element almost. Yeah. What what else? What else? What else? What else yeah. can I learn? What else? Well, because how, how else would you have found this if you didn't have that mindset? Right, you're always yeah. trying to look for the the what's the what's the next thing? What's the best thing? Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, I know it's it's something that you and I have discussed about about your own background, about wanting to try so many different things and and keep learning and keep doing different things. It's you know, it's part of our nature to to learn. Yeah, I think it's a it's a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like sometimes I envy people who are just sort of very content to just stay in the lane and you know be happy with their lot, and that's it. Yes. Yeah. And, no. You know, I, yeah. There's nothing wrong it, with that. No, of course there isn't. Of course there isn't. And, you know, we, it takes all different sorts of people to help this world rotate. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, what one of the things that, as you and I spoke about, you're trying to teach the person to be able to find the breath, to find their, their calm, to, um, to, take, to get themselves out of the stress state. And as yeah. soon as you're doing something that is, you know, it, well, yes, this is stressful because I'm, I'm reading up on stuff at 7.30 at night. I'm, I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. Right. That's interesting. So you're aware of that and then you pull yourself back. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about reading, so nice segue brings me on to my next question. Uh, are there any books that you've read over, over the course of time, your time on this planet mm -hmm. that have had uh, an impact to you, an impact on you in any way could be professionally or, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a, yeah, a book that's linked to your professional life. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, it was originally I was looking at it from a from a sporting point of view for, for okay. myself. Yeah. Um, but it's something that has huge effect for everybody is uh, is the Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. Okay. Um, it's it's something I've that heard is, about that book. I've never read it. Okay. It's it's effectively a, a 
he breaks down the the brain and, okay. and humans and how they work and in, and inside of us we have um we have a computer that just does all of the basic effects you got to put the kettle on you do it without you know absentmindedly you just it's something you just do it's yeah. it's a computer our database um of everything that is a normal function for us and then we have a chimp and we have a human and the chimp is the is the crazy survival state who everything is an, is a threat yeah and the human is who we really are as a person and it's the battle that is constantly going on in our heads um and it's like if you understand what's going on in your body you have a way of of better being able to manage that by breathing and squeezing your ass and firing your glutes and so on but he comes at the kind of work that we do from a from the the, the brain point of view and it's uh, i would recommend everybody to read it um or listen to it as an audiobook um it's a yeah it's a fantastic read okay yeah that sounds um very uh, relatable mm, yes we all have an inner chimp yeah for sure for sure so some are some are more wild than others um <laughs> So final question for you, Stephen, what does the idea of balance mean to you or not? It's kind of, we've just covered it is you need to work, you need to make money. Um, but you've got to look after yourself. You know, one of the, one of the big things that we talk about is, um, I, I think we, we spoke briefly about the, uh, the, the five pointed star and the circle and the, and the letters. Um, if you imagine a, a imagine a pentangle imagine a five-pointed star with a letter y in the middle of it and i know it's cheesy but go with it you know you you are the star in your own world um you have to look after yourself first you, you know you're, you're only on this planet for a certain period of time and you might as well make the most of it um outside of the star is a is a very tight circle and inside the circle but outside the star are the letters f and f which is friends and family and you know, if you want to be there for your friends and family and help them, you've, you've got to look after yourself first. Um, and then outside of the tight circle is, is ATOF, the letters ATOF, which is obviously all the other folk. And if you're spending all your time looking after everybody else, then you just can't look after yourself. Um, my balance for me is, is knowing that I'm outside, I'm making, you know, I'm cycling, I'm, I'm keeping fit and healthy. Um, and knowing that I can't help anybody else if I'm not looking after me. So that that's the massive thing is being able to switch off, being better at switching off from the work. Great. Great. So that is an original answer. Haven't, haven't heard that one before. <laughs> where did that, where did you get that from the, uh, the abbreviations? Where's that? Well, that, that's something that's, um, that Doug really enforces on, on people. Okay. Um, interesting. It, it is. It, it's amazing if you you know you're if you look at your the why the star and 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 you is the um is your zone one is your diaphragm, okay. is your diaphragm your psoas and glutes, the right. friends and family are your you know your zone two your quad your hamstring your abs and your lower back and then zone three is everything else, and if all of a sudden you're using your you know your zone three your your shin your arm your jaw or whatever then you're not looking your your diaphragm can't work effectively yeah. because every all the other tissues are locking down on you, and it's it's. I mean, it's really cheesy, but it, it actually makes a lot of sense. It's, yeah. it's from the body and from the philosoph philosophical point of view, it, it makes a lot of sense. There was one thing that you said to me that, I never, that I've never forgotten. You were talking about people in old age and how mm -hmm. they are stooped forward, you know, as they get older. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you, I think you said something like, if, if they'd all learn how to breathe correctly, their posture would be right and they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be stooping over. 
Yeah, well, if you know, there, there are obviously some medical conditions and and where that isn't, you know, it's an absolute part of it. But yeah, yeah. if you if you think why there if somebody's stooping over and looking down, it's because they don't they don't feel safe. They don't know where that next foot is going. Um, they've lost disconnection to their to their lower body and they're making sure they're not, they don't want to trip over on anything. Yeah. Well, if they're in that position, the glutes aren't firing. You know, the 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 body isn't functioning the way that it should do. And it's, you know, I think I've, I've got one of the, one of the pictures on, uh, on Instagram, one of, one of the, um, one of the posts that I made was about a, a 90 year old with a pacemaker who was, he was really bent over double. Um, he actually came to me because it, I want, because of back pain as well. Right. Um, and we started working together and, and even at that you know later stage in life, even if he does have another 20 years left, that later stage in life, um, just firing up the zone one the the breathing the psoas and the glutes the next photograph we stood he, he was stood up straight and he said i haven't stood up like this for for 25 years um but when you actually look into the well they're stooping over because they got a bad back no they're, they're they're looking at the floor they're trying to make sure they subconsciously or consciously they don't trip on anything where is my next foot going you know and if if somebody at that age say they're an arm driver their their left arm is driving down to help their 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 right psoas and glutes and their right arm is trying to drive down to help their left hip to to function better then both your arms are pulling you down towards the floor and you're bent over just trying to walk um also looks a lot like depression as somebody's walking along like that mm, yeah that's so, so true th- it is so there's a lot of triggers running in in people's bodies just to help them get through the day well, when you told me that, sort of that terrified me. And so I've been doing deep breathing everywhere and anywhere since. Got chucked out of the cinema the other day. Mate, can you go, Oi, Darth Vader in the front row, please give it a rest. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I've become a lot more, a lot more conscious. Also, I'm that guy. I've become that guy in the gym. But rather than just being like, it's sort of like, you know, very sort of deep inhale and exhales, uh, yeah. which is, you know, it's a good thing ultimately. It is. Yeah. And it, you know, it's not something where we, we don't have to sit there with a massive belly 24 seven, but it, it's something your, your body needs to be able to do when you're in that stress, couple of, couple of deep, proper deep belly breaths, and it helps relax the body. You know, yeah. you need to, it's kind of your one rep max in the gym. When you're struggling, can you drop into it and just bring the body back down into a state of calm? And uh, I think that is a, a lovely note to wrap things up. Um, Stephen, thanks so much. Where can people find out more about Be Activated and what you do? Well, they, they can come onto my website, which is uh, beactivatedUK.com. Um, I've also got, got loads of posts on, on Instagram and Facebook as well, kind of before and afters of treating people and, and helping people to understand what's going on in their bodies a bit more. Um, but they're well, welcome to go on there and, and drop me an email or a line if anybody's crazy enough to come in for a session and give it a try. And, uh, and I am one of those crazy peoples. Um, yeah. And so, uh, no, thank you. It's been, it's been really great working with you and I appreciate you running through this today and explaining what you do in more detail. And, um, I, I look forward to you prodding me next week. Um, Not at all. It's a, so. it's an absolute pleasure. And, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to talk about it. So, uh, I know you're a, a very popular guy, so thanks for making some space. Uh, yes, I did pay Stephen to say that. Um, <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, look, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Steve. Take care, mate. Yeah, you too.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.